the afternoon and, and into the night. So please be in prayer. Hendersonville, Clarksville, a couple of cities that was affected by that. All right? I think those are all my notes there, so we're good to go there. If you have your Bibles, please meet me in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 13 through 18. Book of Ephesians chapter 2, verses 13 through 18. And could you play, please stand to your feet in reverence to God's holy word. Again, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 13 through 18. And it reads, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were afar off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two. So making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and peace to those who were near. For, though, for through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. Amen. You may have your seat as Pastor Todd comes. It was on mute, John. I got you. But we are here as we celebrate Advent. Uh, last week, we looked at the Advent of Hope, our long-expected waiting for hope. This morning, we'll look at peace, the advent of peace. The, the word peace means to be put together. It doesn't just mean rest. It doesn't just mean it means that there's a unity that we have, and I, I want to look at that this morning with the hopes that my voice doesn't go out halfway through the sermon. Uh, I was in a session on Friday, and it went out, and I was like, well, this, this session's over, so uh, I had to end it short, so I, hopefully I don't have to end it short here this morning. So I'll try to speed through it <clears throat> to uh, make it through. But if we're honest with ourselves this morning, don't we all long for peace? But if you're honest, you look around and we don't live at peace at all. It's just the conflict in the Middle East. See that? There's no peace. E even last night with the tornadoes, no peace. Everywhere we look, there's just this lack of of peace, and yet we come to the text this morning, and we come, and Paul offers us that we do have peace. And I want to look really quickly at one word: where our peace starts. It starts with this word "remember." It's in verse twelve, but Paul is going to continue to refer back to it in different ways uh, in the text that Brother Joshua just read. My fear is that we'll continue to look for external places of peace. Like we'll look externally to find that peace. And we'll minimize the peace that we actually long for. This is what Paul says in verse 12. Remember that you were at one time separated from Christ. 
I think first and foremost, we must start with peace internally, not externally. If you look for peace externally, you will always be disappointed. You will always want and long for more because there's not enough in this world that can actually offer you peace. Because the peace of this world is momentary. And yet Satan uses that momentary peace to think that we can actually have peace and therefore we keep going back to the externals to find peace. I think Satan does that too to let us think that when we have that peace, we have a deeper peace than we actually have. So Paul's going to say, let me remind you of something. Let me remind you of where you once were, where you had no peace. He says you were once alienated from God separated from him, alienated from the commonwealth, strangers from the covenant, having no hope and no peace with God. So I want to look this morning, then, then where does our hope come from? But you've got to first be honest with yourself. You can never have hope that we talked about last week. You can never have peace, which we'll talk about this morning, apart from one person, Christ. That is our hope and our peace this morning, that we long for this place of peace. But again, I promise this, the externals will never bring you peace. Your marriages will not bring you peace. Your job will not bring you peace. Your bank accounts will not bring you peace. No addiction will bring you peace. So then where and what and more importantly, who do we turn for for peace? But you've got to remember, as Paul says, you've got to be honest with yourself first. If you have no Jesus, you have no peace. And all of us this morning, every single breathing person in this building had no peace with God. That is the very reason that God had to send Jesus to earth, is to bring that peace for us. Remember what Paul will say in Romans chapter 5. He says, For the mind that is set on the flesh or the externals is hostile to God. You and I were hostile to God. We never had peace with God. Paul will later on in Romans 8 say this about us. We were enemies of God. We were fighting against God. We were the ones that were not bringing peace to God. So you have to ask yourself this question this morning. Do you know Christ Jesus as your Savior? If you do, then you need to remind yourself that you have peace. One writer says this about peace. Peace is a work of God, not a work of man. You see, when we look at the externals, we think that we will bring peace. We will bring the place that there is no more conflict in the Middle East, wherever we turn. No, the writer says, peace is a work of God, granted only by the grace of Christ. It is not obtained by our own efforts, but catch this, it is a free gift of God. So I want to look this morning at three things. I want you to ask these three things of yourself. We're going to look at where does our peace come from? What does our peace, what does peace do for us? 
And then what do we do once we have that peace that we have? So let's look first at Romans or at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. Remember, he had just said, remember this, you were once separated from God, from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, stranger to the covenant, having no hope without God in the world. But, circle that word in your Bible. This is what brings us hope and brings us peace. But now what? In Christ. You see, if you have a relationship with Christ, then you are now in Christ and Colossians will say Christ is in you and then he'll say you are in Christ and Christ is in God. So he says, but now in Christ you once were far off have been brought near to God by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down the flesh of hostility dividing the wall of hostility. So where does our heat peace come from? I think the better question is, who is our peace? Not where does it come from? You see, Paul in the text says this, if you are in Christ Jesus, he is the one that is our peace. We have peace because of the work of Christ. As the whole reason that God sent Jesus to the world. Because he looked at a people, both Jew and Gentile, Paul's going to say that here in a moment, that were at odds with God. Hated God. Destroyers of good. And yet God in his goodness and his kindness to us, he wanted peace with us. And he wanted peace for us. So he gave his son Jesus to us. And it was he that brought us near to him in peace. That is what Paul says. But now Christ, Jesus, who you once were far off, were brought near by what? The blood of Christ. So the advent of Christ and him coming to this earth gave us an opportunity by the blood of Christ to be brought back to God. That is peace. We're no longer in hostile places with God. So do you believe this this morning? And do you have this peace from God? Do you believe that Christ is your only peace? You see, I think, again, we want peace externally so many places. And even in the midst of chaos in these external places, you can have peace. You see, this is what Jesus says in John. John says, he, the writer in John 16 says, you will have much trouble in this world, but take heart, I've overcome the world. You see, in having the peace that is only in Christ, can we in the midst of storm know that I'm secure? But how often does Satan use our external circumstances to bring disruption to our peace? Again, that word peace in this text means this, rest, a resting place. Now, how many of us in the room have that place of rest today? I know for me, when I'm studying this passage, I'm like, man, there's so many things in my life that aren't peaceful. 
There's so many things that Satan is using in my life to bring that disorientation. Whether it's finances, whether it's Christmas time, all the chaos. I'm like, man, I really don't have the peace of Christ in me. So this passage has brought me back to that place. So first and foremost, our peace comes from God, from God through Christ Jesus. So do you have Christ Jesus? It's the greatest gift that brings peace. If you're not here and you are not in that peace this morning, you must ask yourself first and foremost, do I have him, that peace? And then if you're here this morning and you've trusted God as your Savior through Christ Jesus, now are you believing in the peace that he's given to you? Because remember what Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 9, 6. He is what? The Prince of Peace. So if he is the Prince of Peace and he dwells in me, then I ought to have peace. Which then says, if I'm not living in peace, I must look at myself and say this. It goes down to the next place. If I don't have that peace, I've got to ask myself three questions. Because Paul in verses 15 through 16 says this, three things that you will get peace from. And four, you have peace with God, which means you won't have that place of doubt of what he's done for you. How often does Satan use that? Oh, you, you sin and then he whispers in your ear, are you really saved? Like That's the place of doubt. Doubt and peace don't hold hands well together. And so Paul says in the later passage, in that passage, after he says he's made for himself peace, he has made us both one, that's Jew and Gentile. He has broken down the wall of hostility by what? Abolishing the, the, the law and the commands expressed in the ordinance that he might create himself one new man, so making peace. And that he might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross therefore killing hostility. So the first place, do you have peace with God? Are you at peace with God this morning? Because Jesus, he says it in the text, has reconciled us or has brought us back to God. Therefore, we have peace with God. But how often does Satan lead us to doubt that we don't really have that peace with God? Because of our past sins, our past behavior. And that doubt creeps in, does it not? And then we get all caught up in our heads. And then we think we have to perform. That's what he's talking about in the law. Hey, God did away with the law. Not in the law that, that, that God set forth for us, but the law that if you just do the law, you will be saved. That's where the Pharisees were. That's why they had no peace with God. Because they thought their external behavior would bring them peace with God. How many of us do that? Again, maybe it looks this way. I haven't spent enough time with God today. I haven't prayed enough today. I haven't read his word today. I haven't filled in the blank today. And as long as there's no peace with God, There is no relationship with God. Relationship and peace go hand in hand. Conflict and peace do not. 
So the first question is this. If you have the peace of Christ, then look at your relationship with God. But you have to be reminded and remind yourself that you've been reconciled to God. That's the gift of peace. That is what peace does for us. It reconciles us to God. Here's the next thing that it says. Not only do you look at God, but then you have to what? Look at your relationship with others. He says in that verse, and he might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, therefore killing the hostility. So do we have peace with one another? We don't have peace with one another you don't have peace with God, and if you don't have peace with God, you have no relationship with Christ. Like, all over God's word is this, this idea of unity. I just wonder for us, church, this morning, do we truly have unity? Therefore, do we truly have the peace of Christ in us? Because that's what God wants for us. That is what Paul says, that you were Jew and you were Gentile, and you hated each other. That's what the word hostility means. These two people, two people groups, they loathed each other. And Christ Jesus came that these two people that loathed each other would live in peace with one another. That is what is called today the church. Both Jew and Gentile coming together under the lordship of Christ that only through peace. So for us here at Powell's Chapel, we must take an inventory. We have peace with one another. So if we don't have peace with one another, it's a direct reflection of our peace with God. Which means it's a direct reflection of our relationship with God. Because John will say in 1 John, this is the commandment, that you love one another. If you have love, will you not have peace? You see, the conflict in the world is because there's one word missing. Love. If there's conflict in the church, there's one word missing, love. Because love will bring us peace. And where does that love come from? Through obedience to Christ Jesus, who is our peace. And then he says this in the text. You've got to read into the text to pull this out of the text. You have peace with God, you have peace with others, and then you will have peace with yourselves. Do you have peace with yourself this morning? When you wake up in the morning, you look in the mirror, what is the first words that come to your mind and heart? Is it words of shame? I should do this. I wish I was this. I'm hoping for this. Or is it like you get up in the morning and you're reminded of what Christ has done for you? As you look at your face in the mirror, do you come to a place of like, thank God, Remember what he says in another passage. He says, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. And then later on that passage, we'll talk about the peace. Peace comes through rejoicing. Well, what are we to rejoice in to bring the peace? What Paul says here in the text, to remember our salvation. You have peace with yourselves through a remembrance of your salvation. Do you constantly remind yourself of peace? And then last, this morning, we will look at, then what do we now do? If we have peace with God, peace with ourselves, peace with others, through Christ Jesus, who is our peace, what do we do with that peace? 
Let me read verses 17 and 18. And he came and he preached peace to you who were once far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to one spirit, to the Father. So this is the question. What do we do with our peace? The same that Christ did. Will you preach peace? Do you bring the message of peace to people? Does your life, the way that God, through Christ Jesus, he always preached peace? And how does that happen? We preach peace through our relationship with God, through our relationship with one another, and our relationship to ourselves. Remember what John says. He said, the world will know that you are my disciples. The world will know that you love me or the way that you love one another. You will later on say this, you've got to love yourself in order to love other people. But do we believe that this morning? Does your life, does my life, does the life of this church preach peace? We know this to be true about churches. Historically, the church has not preached peace. Think about all the places of hostility and division that have happened in churches and how they've been divided, and what they've been divided over. The outside world is looking in and be like, I don't want any of that peace. I mean, it's better off out here than in there. Yet, Paul is saying through Christ Jesus, we need to preach peace to a world that is in total hostility. What if when people came into this building, because of the way we love God, the way we love one another, the way we love ourselves, they would have a resting place. Because that is what Paul is saying in this word, rest. Remember what Jesus says about himself, all who are weary and heavy laden, come to me and I'll give you peace or I'll give you rest. But how many of us come into the church building and we're waiting not for peace, but for conflict? Like we come in on guard. I've, in the work I do, I hear that all the time. There's this growing, growing place. Chris and I hear this all the time in our job. Just two words, church hurt. It's growing exponentially. Like People have more hurt with the church than they do have hurt with the world. Well, that's not a place of peace. That's not a place of rest. So what if we could be that place for people? That this world out here that does not experience peace, does not experience rest, would come into this building and find what they long for. You see, people long for peace. Believer or unbeliever, do they not? And they search all the wrong places. But what if we were the place that preached peace through our actions that people found rest for their hearts? That Jesus says this, and I'll close with this this morning. In John chapter 14, verse 27, this is our great hope this morning. This is what he says to the disciples in the upper room. Do you believe this today? And do you have this today? Peace I leave with you. My peace I even give to you. Not as the world gives. Do I give to you? What he says there, 
The world does not give you peace. So please stop looking for peace in the world. I give you peace. And he says this, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Do you have peace this morning? If you do not have peace, you do not know God. And God gave us his son through the advent of peace that we would have that peace. It is the greatest gift that we could ever have. So two questions this morning. How are you experiencing the peace of God today, even in the midst of your trials? Because we will face trials daily, but we can have peace in those trials. And then the second question is this. How are we offering that peace to others? Let me pray for us this morning.